It's a beautiful day and a fine time for healing. Podcast host Randy Fine, a narcissistic abuse expert and the author of the groundbreaking book, Close Encounters of the Worst Kind, and the captivating memoir, Cliff Edge Road, invites you into her sanctuary, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. And now, here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine. The East Coast, I don't know what's going I mean, I guess this is going on all across the country, but I know the East Coast is having a, a cold spell, and the Northeast is getting lots of snow. Down here in South Florida, we have some cold temperatures, which I'm embarrassed to say cold, but for us it is. So this morning, I think it was 45. Well, you don't expect that in South Florida. So we're just shivering here. We're all bundled up. But it's a nice break from the heat and the humidity. So I'll take it. I'd I'd rather be here than be stuck in snow. After losing her her 12-year-old son in a car accident in August of 2018, oils were the only thing that gave today's special guest, Jody Sternoff-Cohen, the strength and ability to sleep, function, heal, and thrive onward. Her experience with essential oils is, for that reason, highly personal. Jody is the founder of Vibrant Blue Oils, where she has combined her training in nutritional therapy and aromatherapy to create unique proprietary blends of organic and wild-crafted essential oils. Jody is with us today to talk about the all-too-common brain-related issues, how the unique ability of essential oils enables people to shift into the parasympathetic healing state and begin the road to optimal brain and body healing. Her upcoming book, Essential Oils to Heal the Brain and Boost the Body, Five Steps to Calm Anxiety, Sleep Better, Reduce Inflammation, and Regain Control of Health, will introduce readers to the five necessary steps to reduce stressors, energy drains, and return the brain to optimal function. Jody will help us to understand how to tie the steps together into an easy-to-follow protocol, including specific sequencing and timing on what oils to use in what order and combination to help turn on the body's full support for healing. This sounds so incredibly fascinating. I can't wait to hear what Jody has to say. So let's get started. Good morning, Jody, and welcome to A Fine Time for Healing. Good morning. I'm glad that you're not freezing and in a blizzard. <laughs> Are you? No, I live in Seattle. It's it's not. It's rainy. It's like okay. bleak and overcast, but not really that cold. Okay. Well, that's that's good. Yeah. I mean, we're used to eighty to ninety degree weather, and so forty five is quite freezing for us. But yeah. um, like I said, I'll take it because I moved from the mid from Maryland and to get away from the cold. So this is fine. So essential oils. So this is really interesting that this is uh, that you went this route to find healing for this horribly traumatic incident that happened. What drove you in that direction? So the the background is, you know, I think wounded healers, it's like a roller coaster, right? We our life bottoms out, we somehow recover, we climb back up, and then the life bottoms out again. So I started my essential oil company in 2012 in response to my uh, first rock bottom. My then husband was um, bipolar and attempted suicide. I found him, saved him, and friends basically um, did an intervention and said, you cannot be on suicide watch, your kids are five and seven, you have a full-time job you need to move him to a residential treatment facility. And the moment I knew he was safe and it wasn't my job to keep him alive, it was like I had been deficit spending for a decade and I just ran out of gas and hit so hard. I could not get out of bed. I could barely function. My day looked like, you know, my um, five-year-old would come in at 6 a.m. and wake me up. I'd get up with them. 
make them breakfast, pack their lunch, take them to school, come back home, crawl into bed, set the alarm for like 10 minutes before pickup. And it was, it wasn't sustainable. I had uh, been working in the field of nutrition. So I knew what should be helping and I was ingesting all the right remedies and nothing was really moving the needle. And um, prior to this happening, I had helped a friend organize a big fundraising event and she was interested in oils. So as a thank you, she showed up at my doorstep with a big box of essential oils and said something that I found intriguing, you know, like necessity is the mother of invention. But she pointed out that when you're under chronic stress, you know, from an abusive narcissistic relationship or anything that's going on in your life, your body releases the stress hormone cortisol, which basically allows inflammation everywhere, including the gut, to run rampant. And when your gut is chronically inflamed, it's a little bit like the ambulance stuck in a traffic jam. Nothing's really getting in and getting to help you. And so she pointed out that essential oils travel through the skin or through inhalation. And so it doesn't really matter how inflamed your gut are is, you know, it can make a big difference. And that she said that, and it was like a light bulb went off and I thought, Oh, I can try this. Like this works for me. So being, you know, a novice and, and pretty honestly, like exhausted both physically and mentally, I, I had no bandwidth to look things up. I just kind of relied on a technique I had been using in my clinical practice um, to identify the right remedy. It's called muscle testing, and it's basically a way of um, honing in on the desired outcome, which for me was balancing my adrenals and then reverse engineering what's going to get you there. And five oils presented, which was confusing to me because normally um, it's it, narrows it down to one. And then I had the idea, oh, they're liquid. I can combine them. So I, you know, being a novice, went in my kitchen, grabbed a shot glass, combined the oils, um, put them on my low back, which is where your adrenal glands are the most accessible to the surface. And hand to heart for the first time in weeks felt like myself. It was like, oh, wow, I could go running, you know, and at that point, walking up the stairs felt exhausting. So running four miles was like not even in my consideration set. So I went running, I came home, I cleaned the house, I did all the laundry, I put it away, I went to the supermarket, I made their favorite meal. I felt like myself for the first time in weeks. And that night, you know, my typical routine, um, stress and anxiety often go hand in hand with insomnia at night. Uh, again, because of high cortisol levels, which kind of impacts your ability to release the sleep hormone, melatonin. But I put the kids to bed, and then I, you know, got in bed, and it was kind of my clock-watching ritual, you know, 10 o'clock, 10, 12, 10, 22. And at 10:32, I had this idea, gosh, I wonder, I wonder if oils could help us sleep, you know, and I kind of thought that, you know, can't hurt to try, right? So I went downstairs and made a little sleep blend that my intention was to help um, the pineal gland release melatonin. And I knew from my nutritional practice that certain areas of the skin are really thin. For example, if you feel um, the skin right above your ears, like actually on your head, that's a super thin area. And I thought, well, maybe, you know, I can apply it here and it will help the pineal gland. I can't even remember falling asleep. Like I put it on and the next thing I knew my son was bouncing on my bed at six in the morning and I thought, okay, that was a win that worked. So I just kept making things up to kind of help because, you know, I was desperate and why not? And then when I started to feel better, you know, friends obviously had been concerned and they're like, all right, what did you do? Let me try it. And I was giving it out and it seemed to help everyone. And then I, you know, people were like, oh, you have to do something with this. And I'm like, oh, this is so obvious. I'm sure someone's doing it. So I finally had the mental bandwidth to go online. And I was very surprised uh, by two things. The first was that no one was really looking at oils through the lens of kind of blends and blends to balance the physiology of the body and the brain. And the second thing that surprised me was how complicated they made it sound. Like I was almost grateful that I was so brain dead. I couldn't even Google because I would have felt completely unqualified and um, not even tried. And so 
after after that, I just you know started the company out of my kitchen. Um, I would write blogs when the kids went to sleep. I would fill orders at night. At a certain point, I hired a friend to help me fill orders, and it just it was my hobby that you know kind of gradually grew into a business. But then when my son died, um, I distinctly remember it was a Monday. We had literally just gotten back from this amazing trip the day before, and. You know, I, I don't even, I, the, the police called and basically, um, you know, it was, it wasn't, there were four boys in the car and it wasn't quite clear which uh, child had died on the scene. Um, and so they asked me to call people. And before I knew it, you know, the house was filled with people and we went to the hospital and kind of realized it was my child that um, had died. And uh, my my older daughter was 14, and she was, you know, we were all kind of in my house, and I could see her. And I remember thinking, like, I I need to give her a life. Like, I I need to find a way to get through this. I don't I don't know. How, again, no clue how I'm going to navigate this, but I need to figure it out because her life depends on it. And so. You know, when you're drowning, you're really motivated to learn how to swim. And the thing I didn't realize at the time, you know, the, the grief model, the keep a off model, I didn't know that, that that was designed for dealing with your own death, not, not a child's death, not other people's. And there was so much advice that I got that, like, felt overwhelming or that felt wrong. You know, we can talk about boundaries and how um you know sharks smell blood in the water and there were people that I thought were my friends that I realized they felt better about themselves when I felt horrible you know and and just there was so much trial and error of like this works this doesn't and oils were a big part of what worked I'm so sorry for your loss uh that I cannot even imagine can't even imagine it Neither could I, you know, you never think it's all these things that like I I realized um, my first job out of college was working in the U.S. Senate back when Bob Dole was the Speaker of the House. And he was a war, a war hero who, you know, one of his hands was basically disabled and it was constantly in a fist. So he used to take a pen and like kind of play with the pen in the hand. And I always thought like, oh, he's a hero. He's so brave. I don't think anyone would choose to be a hero. Being a hero basically means something horrible that you would never wish for happens. And instead of letting it kill you and take you down, you just figure out, you know, of the options that are available to you, what is the best option? And you find a way to keep going. And if you're able, you then take that knowledge that you've gleaned back to other people and share it so that their, you know, experience of learning is not as bumpy and painful. Right. I, I really like what you said about heroes. That is, you know, that's so true. I've never really heard it put that way, but that's so true. And yes, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. It's the mother of my work as well. So I get it. I get it. Uh, so when we think of essential oils, we think of something that smells good. <clears throat> but there's yeah. so, there's so much more than that. So how do they? I don't know if this is too broad a question, but how do they actually work? Yeah, that's actually what I talk about in my book. I mean, what most people don't realize, over 50% of our pharmaceutical drugs are actually derived from plants, you know, and we don't think about it. Um, but essential oils are really the concentrated essence of plants. And the other thing we don't realize, most of our remedies are ingested, you know, which if your digestion is working properly, if you're not stressed and inflamed, it will get into your system. It takes time, though. It has to go through the whole digestive process in order to get into the bloodstream. There are far more effective routes to get things into your system, you know, like topical application. We know that hormonal creams and nicotine patches work because they travel through the skin and get into the blood more rapidly. What most people don't realize is that um, your nose cells are actually brain cells. The fastest way to get anything into the body is through inhalation. And, you know, the sense of smell keeps us safe, right? We smell predator odor. We smell food. We smell fire. It helps us identify 
what we should lean into or avoid. You know, one of the things uh, in researching this book, a lot of um, when your sense of smell starts to go, you know, like it can as you age, like all of a sudden you can't smell if the food is good or rotten. And and a lot of elderly actually uh, die because they eat rotten food because their sense of smell is impacted. So it's a really powerful kind of alternative way to get things into your system that most people don't realize. And it can be used very strategically to, um, you know, activate or sedate different areas of the brain to kind of uh, in, enhance focus, calm anxiety, calm depression, that kind of stuff. So, and what's really interesting is that you talk about the brain and the body and that's what you were saying initially, that you have correlated the use of essential oils to brain and body health and boosting the body and boosting the brain, healing the brain, which yeah. is really why I love this topic. I think it's great. So when we inhale them, what's, what's happening to our brains? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. So of our five senses, only the sense of smell goes directly to the amygdala, which is really kind of our security system, right? When you're um, out in nature and walking and you think you see a snake and you involuntarily jump back before you even realize it and register it consciously, that's your amygdala at work. And then what's supposed to happen is um, another part of your brain. It's almost like, you know, the, the, company, the board of directors, the amygdala is the worry board, and then the prefrontal cortex, which is, you know, in, behind your forehead, that basically assesses the situation and says, oh, that's a stick. It's not a snake. You're safe. You're fine. And this is actually what's going on in a lot of cases of both anxiety and depression is that that prefrontal cortex is not like fact-checking, you know, and the amygdala is running wild and everything, you're responding to everything. Every stick is a snake. Every person is a threat. You know, you're in such high alert that you can't find a way to kind of calm yourself down and um, feel good again. And so that's one thing that's amazing about oils is they travel directly to the amygdala. And also you can um, route them to go to the, the forehead so you can kind of calm your anxiety center and support your executive function center and that um, both kind of calms anxiety and also calms depression and helps focus. This is so fascinating. You talk in your book about the, the vagus nerve um, and what its purpose is in our body. <clears throat> and my first introduction to the vagus nerve was when I had a chronic cough that nobody could heal. And I went to a voice specialist. And she did tests on my vagus nerve and discovered that there was neuropathy causing the throat issues. So that was my introdu yeah. introduction to the vagus nerve. But I know that it is it has many purposes, and it is a long, very extensive nerve. So what is what else is its purpose in our body? So just backing up a little bit, the operating system of our body is our autonomic nervous system, which controls all of our automatic functions. So breathing, heart rate, digestion, detoxification, immune function, anti-inflammation. It has two gears. It has kind of the you're in danger, you're going to die gear, known as the sympathetic branch, which is also identified as your fight or flight response. This is what happens, you know, if the tiger is chasing you down the street or if you're in an abusive relationship and someone's constantly yelling at you, if you're worried about your health, your finances, your family, anything. It shifts into that gear. Um, you know, chemicals are reallocated so that you can fight, fight, flight, flee, or um, freeze. And then if it's safe, it shifts back into what's known as the parasympathetic branch of the nervous system where all functions not relevant to survival, like your ability to connect with other people, digest your food, anti-inflame, turn on immune function, or think rationally um, are turned on. The vagus nerve is the gear shift, the on-off switch between these two branches of the nervous system. So as you mentioned, it's the longest nerve in the body, quick anatomy lesson. It starts at the base of the skull, splits, and 
um, passes behind each earlobe on the mastoid bone. If you're if you feel right behind your earlobe right now, you feel that bone. That's your mastoid bone. That is where it is the most accessible to the surface and also the thickest, which is what makes it a really good point of application for essential oils. It then kind of winds through, as you mentioned, the throat, the mouth, the larynx, the heart, the lungs, every organ of digestion and detoxification. And anywhere that it innervates, that it interacts, is where you can stimulate it to help turn on your parasympathetic nervous system. So voice lessons, gargling, gagging yourself, anything that requires kind of your throat and larynx, that activates the vagus nerve to stimulate the parasympathetic response. Deep breathing techniques, that activates the vagus nerve. For anyone who does yoga and is like, why am I always, why do I feel better at the end than I do at the beginning? Because the breathing and the postures are activating the vagus nerve, so you're turning on your parasympathetic nervous system. So that's really what I figured out. There's Actually, in 2012, there was a research study out of New York, this uh, New York neuroscientist named Kevin Tracy, and he started using electric implants, you know, like a pacemaker-like device implanted um, right behind the earlobe on that mastoid bone to use electric signals to stimulate the vagus nerve. And uh, that technique has been um, approved by the FDA for depression, epilepsy, and migraines. Uh, what I was finding in my practice when I was trying to kind of encourage people to do that was that compliance was, was really minimal because it felt hard. And what I realized is that you can use a combination of stimulatory oils, clove and lime. I give the exact recipe in the book to basically just topically apply oils on that point. It takes less than two seconds. It stimulates the vagus nerve, turns on the parasympathetic response. And what that really does is, um, it kind of lets you feel calm. Like anyone who's ever, you know, had the experience they're driving, someone cuts them off in traffic, and for whatever reason it doesn't bug you, you're fine. You like the song on the radio, you're not in a hurry, it's all good. Next day, same exact situation happens, and four-letter words are flying out of your mouth. The only variable in that situation is you and kind of how calm, centered, and resilient you were in that moment. And what I found, this was actually the key to everything. If I could get myself into that calm and resilient place, then whatever was coming at me felt easier to navigate. You know, I had a um, an abusive narcissist in my life that would like to call me and, you know, c- catastrophize. That there were lawsuits and um, a bunch of awful things that followed the accident. And, uh, I started to notice that every, like early on, I wasn't quite aware of what was happening and how I was being manipulated and gaslighted. And I would react and I, you know, I would overreact and I always felt horrible. And it turned out that this, this person actually, um, what they, you know, their worst case scenario projection never happened. And I started to notice that and I started to try to get really calm and clear and, you know, instead of reacting, take a pause, like, kind of drop into parasympathetic, maybe take a break, take a walk, like really instead of accepting everything as gospel, just getting curious, like, hmm, is that true? You know, do I need more information before I react? All of those things. And when I wasn't, you know, running around like a chicken with their head cut off, I felt better. And, And it was almost like building that resilience muscle. I just... I was better able to, I actually uh, cut ties with this person because uh, after repeated attempts of saying like, um, I can't, you can't catastrophize, you, you can't, you know, you need to check your facts before you do things like, and this person, you know, sometimes I think people feed off of negative energy, like what the worse you feel, the better they feel. Um, and they, they weren't able to be respectful of my boundaries. So they're no longer in my life, you know, but I needed to be calm and clear in order to be that discerning. You're absolutely right. Well, to a narcissist, if they cannot get you to react, then they have no per- then you have no purpose. And so what they'll do is they'll do calisthenics to get you to react. They'll ramp it up. Then they'll try mm-hmm. another approach. They try all different ways mm-hmm. to get you to react because that's what they want from you. Yes. 
So yes, and if you're aware of their game, it's easier to kind of um, pivot and dodge and, and avoid that. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You also talk about our pineal gland and how essential oils improve its function. The pineal gland is located where our sixth chakra is, right? Sort of, um, it's like our th- around our third eye, right? Yeah, it's it's the exact center of the brain, like right between, um, you know, in the middle of the brain between the eyes because it responds to uh, light cues and darkness. That's actually... In response to darkness, it releases the, um, it's called the sleep hormone melatonin, but melatonin serves many uh, healing functions in the body. So how does, how do essential oils improve the function of the pineal gland? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, My philosophy on healing is not to treat the symptom, but basically to kind of, identify what the underlying dysfunction is and return it to balance. So if you think of, um, my kids used to like to build marble ramps, right? If one part of the ramp is off, the marble doesn't flow. You have to kind of get everything working in alignment and then everything works. So one of the interesting things about the pineal gland, just where it's located in the brain, it's super sensitive to environmental toxins, you know, like fluoride, like aluminum, Um, You know, it can calcify from things that get to it. And so it's almost like its function is compromised. But what most people don't realize, you know, we we are biofamiliar with plants. We eat plants. We eat the animals that, you know, graze on the ethically raised plants. So it's almost like we both have the same blueprint, you know, and you can, just like you would combine colors, you combine blue and red and white and you get a shade of lavender, you can kind of combine the essences of plants to match the blueprint of healthy organ tissue, like the pineal gland, the hypothalamus, different regions of the brain. And then because the, um, it's hard to get remedies into the brain because the blood-brain barrier serves as like a, a really good security guard. It only allows super small fat-soluble molecules through. This is one reason you can't do chemotherapy for the brain because the molecules are too big. But essential oils are the right key to unlock that door. So you can take this remedy that basically helps the blueprint return to balance and places like um, the skin right above the ears where it's super thin. You know, if you were going to topically apply melatonin, you would put it there too. That is the easiest way for a remedy to get actually into the brain, help to kind of balance the pineal gland and trigger the natural release of melatonin. So interesting. Thank you. you you've really done a lot of research on this. I mean, you are so well-versed in, in this information. And thank you, because you're sharing a lot of wonderful information with us. Thank you. I think you have to be. I mean, it's weird how essential oils have been kind of relegated to witchcraft, for lack of a better word, when there's so much science to back it up. And it just makes me sad because I feel like it's such an easy way to help people that most people don't even know about. Right. And apparently, as you said, your book is simplified enough that we can grasp it because I know that I've tried to learn about essential oils in it, and I found it very complicated. So I think yeah. it's great that you've simplified this so that we can all sort of experiment. We, we feel comfortable using them. Well, you know, that's one thing I, I realized, especially, you know, as, as a mother, like you joke that, um, you know, parenting is really marketing. You really have to explain it in the simplest, most efficient way in order for your children to get it and adhere to that, but I don't think it's unique to children. I think if, if you can make it accessible and easy, everyone does it. So that's really my goal. Well, it's a wonderful goal. Thank you. I've heard of the lymph glands, the lymphatic system, but you talk about the glymphatic system. What is that? Yeah, so what most people don't realize is, you know, even the brain cleans house. So 
when you're awake, your brain needs to be like on and functioning. When you're sleeping, that's when the brain can actually uh, shrink by a little bit. And it's almost like a car wash. It's the uh, glial cells, which are brain cells, in combination with your lymphatic cells that go through and kind of clean out um, metabolic waste, any environmental toxins like metals, and just drain it um, down the neck, you know, and out of the body. And that's what, you know, basically any kind of uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, that really occurs when that house cleaning doesn't happen regularly and toxins build up and then cause problems. So it's really important that you're both sleeping, you know, your melatonin is being released, you're getting restful sleep so that uh, that housekeeping can occur. But then also think about, you know, for anyone who's ever lived in New York when they have a garbage strike, right? You're taking the garbage out, but it's piling up on the street. And, you know, in the summer, the smell carries far. You need to make sure that you're not only, you know, allowing for the toxins to be eliminated, but they can actually escape. And what most people don't realize is the neck is a big bottleneck. You know, we all know in whatever city we live in, there are certain roads or freeways that are always backed up. And so if we can, we avoid them. The neck houses, you know, not only your structure, but your lymph, your vascular system, your nerves. Um, You know, there's a lot going on there. And it's a little bit like if you ever were in the middle seat of an airplane, like maybe between two linebackers, you know, you're not getting the armrest. You're just compressed and there's no movement. And a lot goes on in the neck where the different um, aspects are compressing into each other. There's uh, an Italian researcher named Marco Ruggiero who actually started doing sonograms of the neck. One one thing that's interesting, um, the vagus nerve, kind of like what happened to you, it's very, very common that there's a minor infection in the vagus nerve, you know, in part because, um, you know, it travels down the neck and any toxins that are being drained from the mouth drain along the trigeminal nerve on the jawline, intersect and can kind of be uptaken by the vagus nerve, and so they found that in 95% of people with chronic ailments, you know, be it Lyme or autoimmunity or any degenerative disease, there was some kind of compromised toxicity in the vagus nerve, and that often had to do with the lymph being congested. You know, lymph doesn't have a pump like the heart. You actually have to physically move your body to get it to move and it drains down the neck. And again, think of yourself in that middle seat. If other things are compressing into it, it's not moving. It's congested, it's stagnant. So how do you get it to move, especially on the neck? This is where oils are almost magical. You know, their their superpower in plants is that they help to move fluids in directions. So they can both kind of dilate, expand, you know, the the drainage and they can help carry things down. So all of a sudden, you know, Ruggiero basically did before and after sonograms where they were taking pictures inside the neck, seeing how congested the lymph and the vagus nerve were, and then started applying topical remedies that included essential oils on the neck and found how that kind of anti-inflamed, anti-congested, and all of a sudden, um, you know, everything's moving and the clients are feeling better. Well, so what happened to me is something that happens after a virus. I happen to have the flu, which kicked it off. So that makes a lot of sense. I never really knew this information. So this helps me to understand a lot. What kind of oils would we use and how would we use them for the glymphatic system? Yeah, so I I really detail the specific recipes in the book, but basically it's a one-two punch. You want to make sure that you're sleeping. If you're not sleeping, it's super hard to heal. So you need to actually fall asleep and stay asleep. That's step one. Step two is any kind of remedy applied along the neck. And then what's interesting is the lymph doesn't drain evenly. 75% is drained on the left side. And one of the bottlenecks is um, kind of the left clavicle, your collarbone. So I recommend a combination of oils. Mints are really good. Spearmint's fantastic. Castor oil is great. And just topically applying it, you know, along the neck and over the collarbone. Castor oil is messy, so you might want to do that, like, 
when you're not having your photo shot, (laughs) but, um, you know, photo shoot, but it, it just, uh, there are a lot of ways that you can move lymph and make sure that you're getting, you know, drainage. It might point out symptoms. It's one of those things, like most people have never even heard of the vagus nerve, but once I start talking about it and showing them how to use it to activate the parasympathetic nervous system, it's so easy. You know, it's, it's just like you don't know what you don't know, but the minute you know something and you can make it an easy habit, then all of a sudden everything else improves. Wow. I'm excited. I'm I'm looking forward to trying these remedies. So when would we inhale a, a, well, essential oils, plural, versus put put them on the skin or apply them on the skin? What's the difference? Depends. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a, you know, it's like what, when would you wear a raincoat as opposed to shorts? You know, it's it's dependent on the weather outside or kind of the end goal. Like there are certain things, um, you know, for example, anxiety. Anxiety is often overactivation of a specific part of the brain. You know, you have two hemispheres, the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere, and they do different things. Um, when the right frontal hemisphere is overactive, that's when you start to feel an anxiety attack, a panic attack. And I'll be honest, I've been the poster child for anxiety my entire life. I just had great compensatory strategies, which kind of (laughs) fell apart first when Max died. And now, you know, with COVID, like going to the gym, seeing friends, all of my compensatory strategies kind of have disappeared. So one thing that you can do when your right frontal lobe is overactive is find a way to balance the brain by stimulating the left frontal lobe. The coolest thing about your nasal pathway, your olfactory nerve, is that the left nostril goes directly to the left forehead. So literally taking your right thumb, plugging your right nostril, and smelling something, and it it really doesn't matter what you smell. It could be lavender. It could be peppermint. If you don't have oils, you can peel a tangerine and smell the peel because oils live in the peel of citrus fruits, and it just stimulates the left frontal lobe, balances the two hemispheres of the brain, and you the anxiety goes away. And, and I speak from personal experience. I used to have panic attacks in the supermarket line, like I'd literally have to abandon carts. And now I carry the oil with me. I feel, you know, for me, it's like an intensely claustrophobic experience. I feel like (laughs) my heart's about to explode out of my chest. And I notice, you know, I'm smelling to the left nostril and I can feel myself calm down. You know, and, and the benefits are additive and cumulative. Like the more you do this, the less likely you are to have anxiety attacks in the future. Wow. That's just amazing. When we're, I know that you have a company, Vibrant Blue Oils, and I'm sure that your oils are are very pure. Are we, should we look for organic? Should we look for, what what should we, okay. So tell us what to look for if we're going to buy essential oils. So it really bothers me. I think there's a lot of fear-based marketing out there. Um, you know, that kind of the, the most important thing is organic because oils are the highly concentrated essence of plants. And if they're grown with pesticides, you're basically getting concentrated pesticides. So I think organic is really the only thing that matters. And that said, some plants, you know, like peppermint and lavender pretty much grow like weeds. You don't need that many pesticides to grow them because they're going to grow naturally. So don't let that be, you know, I, I I really try to do organic, and what I think I do differently and well is that I create the proprietary blends for you. So, you know, you're more than welcome to go buy 20 different oils and mix and match them yourself. Or if that's not your cup of tea, uh, I'll just do it for you. A lot of the people that find me, um, you know, they're afraid of doing it wrong. Like they haven't been feeling great for a long time. They've spent, invested a lot of time, money, and energy and things that didn't necessarily work, and they're just afraid of making a mistake. Um, But, you know, so I have that as an option. But, But the other, the flip side is please don't be afraid, you know, that somehow things are going to go wrong. I think most of us, you know, if we walk through the mall, 
like those candle shops, we can tell that that's an artificial scent. Avoid the artificial, you know. But for the most part, there's really no value in uh, making artificial peppermint because it's so cheap and so plentiful. You you can usually find peppermint that's, you know, pure and, and fine. Okay. If we are to mix them ourselves, does it does ratio matter? Yes. Well, okay, let me say this. I think that Jody, what happened to you? Oh, am I still here? Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay, I, I we lost you for a minute. Okay. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Basically, I, I don't think you can do it wrong. Like, if if you're interested in this, seriously, just go buy something that smells good to you. I really do believe that your body craves what you need. You know, like when you crave chocolate during your period, it's because you need magnesium. <laughs> when you crave a hamburger, it's because you need iron. Like, trust yourself. Trust your sense of smell. You know, just go... So many stores sell them. I think the supermarkets even carry them. Just smell something that you like and start there. You know, and and um, you can definitely. I give the very specific ratios in the book. There are a lot of uh, online sites that give them. Like just just play. It's like you know, if you're going to learn to swim, just put your feet in the water. You know, you're not going to drown by putting your feet in the water. Right, right. What are the five steps that we should implement daily? for our health? Well, the number one is sleep. I mean, really making sure that you value sleep, that you get good sleep. You know, there, there are a lot of things that you can do, just making sure that your room is dark, you know, that you don't wait until 3 a.m. to try to go to sleep. So that's number one. Number two is really trying to shift your nervous system into that um, safety State, the parasympathetic state, and I actually, I, can I mention, I have a free gift that kind of gives you 25 different ways to do that. Um, if you just go to boostthebrainbook.com backslash gift, you can download 25 options. You only have to pick one. You don't need, you know, you don't, there's no overachieving here. You can just do one thing to kind of calm your nervous system daily. Um, and then I talked about kind of fueling your brain. And, you know, your brain needs uh, circulation, blood sugar, and stimulation. So even just moving your body, you know, even getting up off the couch and kind of walking around your house, or if you can, going outside or walking your dog, that's really important. Um, one of the other step is just kind of improving mood and, and calming your body. So activating parasympathetic can do that. I have some other strategies if you're prone to anxiety, smelling through the left nostril. And the final step is um, really calming your immune system. Your immune system can either underactivate or overactivate. And, you know, it's a little bit like Goldilocks. You don't want it too hot or too cold. You want it just right. So that's where oils can really work their magic. They're amazing for helping to naturally modulate your immune system. I was actually going to ask you about immunity because I think that's something we're all kind of interested in right now <clears throat> with this virus around us, with this pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what are what are some oils that we can use for our immune system, or and where do we use them? The easiest way to use them is the bottom of the feet. You know, the bottom of the first of all. Um, most of the research indicates that it's kind of the oils that are considered to be hot, the oregano, the thyme, the clove. And what I mean by hot is if you were to put uh, a drop on your inner arm, it might feel warm. It might look a little red. It might not be the most pleasant experience. But if you put them on the bottom of the feet, the skin is thicker, and that's a really good pathway into the body. It um, has all of these reflex points that allow you to stimulate areas. I have a very detailed foot chart, but one thing, you know, I have a lot of clients who they're sensitive to smell or their spouse is sensitive to smell. So I tell them just to put the oil on a specific part of their foot, you know, and then put a sock on so no one else smells it, and it works just as effectively. Um, But there's significant research on these immune-modulating oils, and 
you know, the famous story has to do with, they call it the Thebes blend, which is an immune support blend. During the bubonic plague, there were a group of thieves that were stealing the gold teeth out of the dead people's mouths. Like, can you imagine? I mean, right now they have us all wearing masks, so God forbid we breathe on each other. And the mouth is probably the most bacteria-prone part of the body. They're sticking their hands in people's mouths and extracting, like, gold. Like, they're putting themselves at high risk, and yet they never got sick. And so when they were apprehended as, you know, part of a plea bargain, they asked, how was it that you kept yourself safe? And it turned out it was this combination of hot immune-supporting oils that um, they wore in, in the bandanas around their mouth. And so... Uh, modern research, you know, that's kind of um, a folk tale. But there is a ton of research that I really detail in the book, kind of pointing out how uh, thyme and oregano in particular can really help to get into the cells, balance out the cells, turn on the immune-supporting functions of the cells. So it's, it's a great way. And, you know, you can just – I do it before bed. I just um, – I our blend is called immune support. I just put it on the bottom of the feet, put socks on before bed, and while you sleep, it it balances the immune system. And it, it's interesting because, um, you know, if you ever, for me, I always know if I'm getting sick, I get that little pickle in my throat, and um, I just nip it in the bud. I put, you know, oil on. If you if you want to, if it's kind of more aggressive, um, since it's hot, you would need to dilute it, which means combine it with uh, a carrier oil. Like I just use coconut oil because it's in the house. And so maybe like a drop or two with a tablespoon of oil and you can apply it over your throat. But um, hand to heart, you know, I'll feel the tickle in the throat. I'll go to bed. I'll wake up and I'll be fine. That's amazing. I know we all yeah. want to try that. That's that's so amazing. I took, there was a someone who was trying to find a cure for cancer and he was doing something with oil of oregano. And so I actually got some of that. And you took it orally, and oh my gosh, that burn like <laughs> yeah, you need to be really, really careful i mean i I basically think um you know there's certain companies that have kind of a minimum monthly requirement, which means you need to burn through oil quickly, so pouring it down your throat and kind of diffusing twenty four seven is the fastest way to burn through it, but I think it's the least efficient way to actually use it. Because, you know, when you're ingesting it, it takes a while to get into the bloodstream. It has to be processed by the stomach acid and the liver, and it can change it. When you're diffusing it, you know, it's far more efficient to directly inhale, literally just hold the bottle a couple inches below your nose. Because you're filling the house with things, and, you know, maybe you take in like 2%. And oils, you need to be careful. Cats, um, Cats can't process oils as easily as we can, like, you know, rat poison is actually vitamin D. Poison or toxins are anything the body can't metabolize. So if you can't eliminate it, it's problematic. That's so interesting. And I know we have to sort of wrap it up, but there's one more question I wanted to ask you. And so if we're applying this to the skin, do we massage it in? How do we actually apply this? Yeah, you can, and I really get into very detailed techniques. I mean, it can be as simple as just putting a dab behind the ear. Certain points on the skin are thinner and get more circulation, like, you know, the wrist, the back of the ears. This is why I think they put perfume there. I think perfume was probably essential oils early on. Um, But that gets into the skin more quickly. Kind of, you know, if you have a cut or a bruise, that's going to get into the skin more quickly, so you might be careful about that or dilute it, different uh, carrier oils, kind of um, fractionated coconut oil is very thin. And so if you use that as a carrier oil, it's almost like a quick hit. You know, it gets it into the system really quickly, like an acupuncture needle. Uh, Something like jojoba oil is thicker, and it's more of a time-release delay. So it's um, it's, – it can be more strategic than I think it's presented. And that's what I really try to detail just to arm people with more accurate information. So they know how, you know, how to strategically use oils to support different organ systems, different regions of the brain, that kind of stuff. Okay. So your book 
is essential oils to heal the brain and boost the body, five steps to calm anxiety, sleep better, reduce inflammation, and regain control of health. Is your, your book is not out yet. When is it coming out? It's out March 16th, and it's, it's actually essential oils to boost and enhance the body. Um, it's available for pre-order on Amazon, and I think when it's pre-order, it's cheaper. Like I, I believe it's $18. We have some really great book bonuses if you buy the book and want to get access to, um, you know, some early excerpts. You can just go over to boostthebrainbook.com and download them. Okay, and your and your website? Uh, Vibrantblueoils.com. Okay, and you have a and lot of information on the website as well. Tons of information, and we're really good. If you have questions, just email us at info at vibrantblueoils.com. We try to get back to you within 24 hours. Perfect. Thank you, Jody. I love oh, you so much. Thank you for having me. This is this is fascinating. I'm. I actually have your book. I have the the PDF of it. I'm going to go back through it and just really study some of these things because I know that there's things that I could be using. That would help me a great deal. So, and yeah, look at the the vagus nerve toxicity chapter. I have a feeling that one of the things that might be going on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I own uh, two spas, two massage envies, and so we use essential oils in the place. And there's always they're always sort of wafting through through the air. Yeah. So it's a really it's really a nice smell, and we use them actually in our massages as well. So we're using them. What's your I favorite? Did, well, I don't really know because I'm not in the. I don't work. <laughs> I don't work in there okay. so much. But um, yeah. But anyway, I love to walk in and smell it. It's it's just a wonderful wonderful smell. Anyway, that was just a little side. Well. I really appreciate it. I know you have to go. I know you have another commitment, but I appreciate you taking the time to share this with us, and we look forward to reading that book. Yes, well, thank you. Thank you for your time today, and I hope the weather improves. Yeah, it will. It will. It's kind of chill. It's kind of crisp and nice. I like it. All right. Have All right, a great thank day. Thank you. You're you welcome. Too. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. So we are out of time today, but if you have any comments or questions about today's show, you can email me at loveyourlifeatrandyfine.com. May joy and serenity always be yours. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Visit randyfine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E.com, and be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows. Thank you for listening.